Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this is the final episode of May, which means it is the end of our Quarren Queen takeover. This episode is with Courtney Monsma from the Australian cast. She plays Catherine Howard down there. If you want to catch the video version of this episode, you can find it online at ttp.fm slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. But before we get into everything, I want to just take a moment and give a special shout out to Parody Bill, who did the graphic treatment for this month's takeover. Please make sure to go follow them on Instagram for some incredible Playbill mashups. That's Instagram.com slash Parody Bill. So I actually just finished the interview with Courtney, and I was just so pumped up from my chat with her that I had to just put this reflection down as quickly as I could. We got into such a fascinating conversation about so many different things and something that surprised me that it's oh it surprised me that it hasn't come up before in conversations with people is what you get, what actors get when they're on stage and especially as as a woman who is playing Catherine Howard, who history tells to be a sex object, it comes with expectations. And we uncovered through a bit of conversation that it's it's all a lot about safety. She gets this confidence and she gets this feeling of safety being up on stage, being able to be sexy, being able to be talented, being able to to be stared at by thousands of people, but it is it's safe. And it just makes her feel good. Her career is very young. When the quarantine is over, she's actually going to be Anna in the Australian production of Frozen, which they they did announce. She said that uh, the the dates that were supposed to start, I guess, in the summer have been pushed back to December so people can reschedule their tickets. That's still going to happen. She's in love with New York. I just have a feeling that even in Australia and in New York, we're going to be seeing a lot more from her in the coming years. So keep your ears open, keep your eyes open for Courtney Monsma. Before we get into this, as always, please leave a rating, leave a review wherever you are. Follow me online on Instagram and Twitter. You can visit me on Facebook at facebook.com slash official theater podcast. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Courtney Monsma. My guest today comes to us once again from down under, a graduate of Queensland Conservatorium Griffith University. She is a relative newcomer to the professional stage, but holds some amazing credits, such as the Australian tour of Mamma Mia, as well as the Australasian tour of Disney's Aladdin, now starring as Catherine Howard in the Australian production of Six. Courtney Monsma, welcome to the Theatre Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem at all. You were saying you live like out in, in like way out in Queensland. Yes, right? I do. I do. So my connection's pretty horrible. Yes, I live in the outback almost of Australia, but it's nice, like difference from like, you know, the theatre scene. It's nice to get away at home. <laughs> I've been, I've been to Sydney and, and Cairns, which is spelled Carnes, 
Uh-huh. But, if, but I was asking people, how, I was like, have you heard of Carnes? And they were like, what is your problem? Yeah. Like, what, what are you saying? And it's, it's Cairns, yeah. uh, which is funny to me. Like the only yeah. thing I, the only thing I figured out how to do about Australian accents, is you put R's where there aren't and you take away R's where there are. So instead of law and order, you say law and order. Yeah, but, that's <laughs> good. That's wonderful. It would be weird learning it if I wasn't Aussie. Because there's just no rules, really. Like people, wherever you are, it's different to us. So, it's very yeah. <laughs> so the, the you're in the middle of of the outback, and did you grow up like? I guess. Well, when I when I when I was gonna say was, did you grow up in the country? But like country to me, I'm picturing sort of like farmland and whatnot. And and outback is, as I understand it, is like almost desert and un, unlivable, right? Yeah. Well, it's that look. It, you feel like you're in the outback when you're here, but then you drive like 15 minutes and you know you're in mainland city. Like it's it's not very far out at all, but it feels like it, which is nice. It's like kind of the best of both worlds. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So I grew up here. I um, was born in Adelaide um, and then moved to Queensland when I was quite young. But, yeah, it's good. There's a really nice little theatre scene here, like lots of community theatre and definitely helped me um, growing up to want to do this for a career. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask was was where you got sort of the, the theater bug. And I guess, so when did you, how, how young were you when you started performing then? Yeah, so I always kind of did dancing from a young age. And then I did a lot of community theater growing up. My sister did a community theater show. Um, and then I def- followed suit with that and um, kind of did that from when I was like eight years old or something like that. And then when I graduated school, um, I thought, you know, I want to get better so that I can make it a, a career and a job. So I studied at the con and yeah, so it worked really well so far. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's kind of like a, a, a very quick summary of, of <laughs> middle school, high school. Yeah. So you're like, I was a kid and then I went to conservatory. <laughs> but, yeah. I did a lot of theater through school, kind of yeah. that um, training outside of school and doing community theater and yeah, it definitely helped. It's nice to play roles you don't get to play <laughs> when you're working. <laughs> When when did you decide? I mean, like, how old were you? Or do you remember kind of what grade you were when you were when you sort of had this realization that you wanted to try to put your eggs in this basket and do it? Because it's it's not an easy career no. or a surefire thing at all, if ever. I as early as eight, I knew that I wanted to do it. Like watching my first show, I just sat there and I just remember being like, "What is this?" Like, and I never really was too real about the fact that it mightn't be secure. Like I just always went after it um, and kind of just knew what I wanted to do. So I just, yeah, I just went after it, which helped in a way to not like overthink, you know, the security of it. And it got to a point in school, you know, when people are talking about university and career and like what you can do and how much you earn and security. And I was like, I just don't play into that. I'm just going to go do my own thing. And um, yeah, it's great in Australia. I feel very supported. But at the same time, like, any theatre, it's just ever-changing. It depends what you fit into. And um, if you overthink it too much, it gets a little bit scary. It's nice to just live in live in a contract or live in the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, you're living in the moment, of course, is, is great. Um, and, and what you need to do to be a good, act, be a good actor. And it, but taking, taking me, taking me back to, I guess, like, you said you were dancing. You you started dancing first, right? Yeah, like your parents put you in dance? Yeah, my cousins, yeah. I remember my cousins did dance and it was like something to do. And, you know, I was already, I was the one asking them to take me really. Like, <laughs> um, I just, oh yeah, always from 
when I can remember, just wanted to perform, like always performing in the lounge room. And as corny as that sounds, like I, it's so true. <laughs> it's like part of me. It's cool. Well, it's that's what I was sort of getting at was it sounds like from everything you've said, you're just like, oh, yeah, I, was, I always knew I would perform. I always knew I was going to dance. And then at some point, singing made its way into into everything. Yeah, singing just kind of took over, to be honest. You know, you're dancing and you're growing up and you get to that stage where you can kind of, you know, continue to, to get better and kind of pursue that. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's not for me. And then as soon as I started singing, I was like, ah, oh, this is it. You know, you get to act through singing as well and it's a nice I just enjoyed training in it um and yeah so dancing helped and doing that as a kid definitely helped me now you know getting um work and stuff but um as soon as I discovered singing I was like oh I see what well, what was it about what is it about singing and performing like the the expression of it what speaks to you what you know at the at the in the morning when you wake up and you're like I have to do this for a job what is it what part of you is getting satisfied Oh, it's, you know, without having it, it's so much easier to realize why. Um, the fact, like, th- there's just nothing that compares to the feeling I get when I sing. Like, you know, it's the control and it's almost like you, you're yourself and then you've got this other part of you that's like this performance self and, and kind of be what you want to be. And I love that. I love that um, it's something you can always improve on. Like, it's such a good thing to learn and you never kind of stop, like, even I thought, you know, I get a job and that's it, like I'm done. It's like, no, I'm still working on making it more versatile or like making it right for the job I'm doing or getting through a week without like not having a voice. So, um, and just to like, you know, have have a voice really and um, doing six, which was kind of like the first time in my professional career that I kind of had my own voice to tell the story. That's when I realized like how powerful it was and how important it was to do that um when you're singing in a group you know it's it's important but until you like have your own mic and people are responding to what you're saying it's like quite surreal so I'm definitely I miss that so much <laughs> yeah and it's not even like it's a personal thing it's like a character thing it's so hard to explain well let's let's try I want to dig I want to dig into that because yeah, that, that's it's like what I what I'd love to talk about and and help people uncover is sort of like the 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 psyche behind you know what drives you and a lot of people that I've asked this to they're they're like oh I never really thought about it but you know they're just they're drawn to performing they're called to it yeah. and to have a to have a calling is almost is almost like a spiritual thing if you want to if you want to sort of like go that route mm-hmm. um, and and I think behind spirituality is a lot you know. I'm very like neuroscientific and I like mm-hmm. to read about brain chemistry and all sorts of nerdy things yeah. like that. Right. Okay. So I'm like be, be, behind chem, behind all of the spirituality and the callings and, and you know, when you click with somebody, it's pheromones. And when you're, yeah. when you're staring someone in the eye, it's oxytocin releases. And like, so you're calling when, I don't know, I don't know if even I have the words to kind of describe this, but to me, like a calling, you know, you're being drawn to something. It's, it's, you're being validated. You're being satisfied. Your brain, your body, and you know, for your your soul, right, needs needs this for some reason. Yeah, it's so and, hard to And in this kind of, you know, I'm I'm leading towards what you get out of six, the show specifically, because this is a show that is it's made to empower everybody on stage. It's a show yeah. about women with n- no no care for for 
like demographics. It's colorblind casting, yeah. and nobody is up on stage to tear each other down. It's only to build each other up. Yeah, and and as a performer, like in that environment, it was so incredible. Like the women, obviously, you've been speaking to some of them, and they're just incredible. But you know, you'd admire them from afar when they were doing different jobs, and now that you're in the same room, and you and you like it's almost like the show in real life because it's just nothing but support and just, you know, seeing the best in absolutely everyone and like it feeling like a team, even though, you know, you're up there for 10 minutes singing your own song. It doesn't even feel like that. It's like a machine. It's so strange. And, and, you know, there's a journey of the show. You obviously know the show and the end is quite um, satisfying, but like every single night when that moment would come for it, for a different reason, it could be the fact that, you know, you got through the show. Um, (laughs) Sometimes it would be. Um, And there's just nothing like, you know, just locking eyes with those girls on stage and just realizing like you've created something magical that, you know, that's the calling and that's the satisfaction that you can't necessarily get and that's why we kind of crave what we do and um it's almost like helping people like people as uh you know counselors or mm-hmm. um helpers and that's their calling is to kind of help and heal people and I feel like theater is like escapism in a way um and also personally it's escapism you know it's like going on and putting a higher version of yourself and um being in that is so empowering it's almost like yeah dangerous if you live it all the time (laughs) but it's it's nice and yeah it's good what do you what do you well oh so many things you said that I want to talk about escapism escapism specifically like are 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 you what do you are you do you have something that you're trying to escape or like general general sort of life stresses you know a lot of people are like are like I have you know I have anxiety I have depression I have you know all these issues and like I get up on stage and all of that melts away yeah, and it, it's so interesting. And, and yes, I, I deal with all of that, especially with performing and just general life. Like I feel like I live a heightened life. So, and naturally I'm such a heightened person. Like I feel things not on a zero, but I feel them always on a hundred. Like I'm just a, a extreme in how I feel. Like I really care or I'm really sad or I'm really anxious. It's like all the extremes. So um, especially with like Howard in six, you know, seeing her, um, at, from a distance before the audition, I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. Like her confidence and her beauty in herself. And, um, you know, that's something that most people struggle with and I struggle with that. But then, you know, you step onto the stage in this character and all of that's like gone. Like it's crazy. Like I'm standing here tall in the costume and feeling like that powerful self that if I was to be 100% like have 100% belief in myself and and the way I, you know, present myself, that's what it would feel like. Um mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from that personally. I think I, um, while I was doing that show, and was so um, intense in that it was like recognizing why it was hard to feel that in the first place, why it was hard to get into that character, and a lot of it was personal. Um, yeah. A lot of that in our rehearsal, which I thought was interesting. It's like we were kind of cast because we were very had similar essences, and we were told that from these girls. But it was like, why is my? Would I like hold myself back from being that? Really interesting, yeah. That's interesting that that the casting directors saw saw this in you when you didn't even see it in yourself. Isn't yes. it? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, Catherine Howard, it you know, she's got she's like the sex object song, right? Like, and wow, wow, that 
Oh yeah. man, kudos kudos to the casting directors. That is so cool because they knew you could do it. They cast yeah. you and they knew you could do it. And obviously you're doing it. And yeah. so looking back on pre-rehearsal and post-opening Courtney, you so, know, contrasting the two, like how how have you changed personally now? Oh, so much. And and it was um, just on that thing, like of, of Catherine Howard being like the sex object, you know, when I went for it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I don't come across like that as compared to other performers. So I probably won't get it, but they told me like, it, it, it's not about like, it's not about that. Like there's so much more heart to it and the truth in that. And I was like, that's interesting. But from then to now, like, it's just like a matter of like getting rid of the white noise. And that's what Howard kind of taught me. It's like standing up in front of these people that are right, like this close and feeling down on yourself, like there's just no time for it. You can't actually do that. Like it holds you back. So I've kind of gained a lot of self-confidence in in caring about what matters and not putting too much attention on the things that don't, um, especially when it comes to what people perceive of me. And that's the same as Howard, like, you know, her whole story is showing what people and society perceive of her and then kind of being like, bam, it's nothing what you actually think. Um, right. Which is what I like think as well you know it's as a performer and and you're always putting on this best version of yourself and not many people know you for who you are and you can be perceived as different and it's like that doesn't if they think that whatever you know as long as you know your own truth and um I think we all kind of discovered that and we all really bonded over that um and now I get to see these like women as totally different like um, cause I know them personally in that way. So yeah, it's like a therapy show <laughs> or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Oh, totally. Totally. And I can, I can totally see that. Cause like the song it's, it's like, all you want to do is this, but I'm really like this. That's what you think of me is not who I am. I'm smart. And I, and I have things to tell you and all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. I can, I totally understand how, if you've been pigeonholed your whole life for, yep being assumed to be a certain way and then all of a sudden people meet you and they're and they say oh yeah like she's not what I thought yeah of course of course it does like and I've I've started to to recognize this probably all too late too late in my life that like Mm -hmm. being a cis white male presenting male whatever you know whatever the term is I'm sorry um Mm -hmm. like it comes with privilege that I didn't realize for a very very long time definitely yeah, it's it's opened my eyes to so many, um, so many things with discrimination and just like equality and um, and just like yeah, not undermining your simple values about like you know being being intelligent and having an opinion and um, not being afraid of that and yeah, it's it's amazing. But yeah, the privilege thing, a hundred percent. It's like the more you realize, you're like, oh right, okay, things are so easy that I have taken for granted, or you know just because of the way I am. So, yeah. I have, I have a, a, as a friend of mine, a close friend of mine who is, is very attractive and she tells me all the time that, and she's very, very smart and like, she's a writer and an actor and and just incredible. But because there's a certain perception of her, um, she feels like it works to her disadvantage until it doesn't. Right. But she, she goes out of her way because she's so tired of like just being treated a certain way or um, or having people assume certain things about her, that she goes out of her way to be as unattractive as possible. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually very interesting because no, that's something I've learned um, from this is that like, you know, you go on stage and you're dressing up and you're looking like 
the right, the perfect version. From doing the show, I would, I'm the, kind of the same. Like I would, I still don't really care what people think about how I look anymore. Like I'd go post the show, I'd walk out with like, you know, whatever, half a face on. I just, and normally I would care about that. I don't know if that's a good thing, but I think it is definitely personally, um, it's almost like a screw you to the system kind of thing. It's like, I don't, I'm not going to conform to what you want me to be. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So in thinking about this, yeah. I, I wonder if if part of that too is that you have you walk out of the show with the confidence that you can that you just kicked so much ass that they yeah. know your ta- they know your talent, they know that you're not just a face, mm-hmm. that you have personality and substance. So all of a sudden the face doesn't matter. Whereas if you met the same group of people without having just performed with them, would it be a different feeling? <laughs> it definitely so drawing from that feeling post show it's like why do we not feel like that all the time because all of those powers are within us all the time it's like but it is like this sense of proving to people we can do things so then the reward of, is us being ourselves and relaxed um so that's a very interesting that made me realize that because you know I'm not doing that now I'm not doing the show and I'm uh, still don't really care but um, there'll be times where I want to impress people and care so much about that. And it's like, you're always constantly trying to prove yourself. And once you've proven yourself, you're like, oh, cool. But it shouldn't, I don't know. Well, that's that's what I was going to get to is is now, you know, you've got six under your belt, which hopefully, I mean, scheduling wise, who knows what's going to happen with the quarantine, right? But there was for two further stops of the of the tour that I think, do you know if they're going to happen yet? Have you received any word? No, no word. Um, it's kind of all just dependent on our government. Like um, it's hard to say something's going to happen for then the cost of rescheduling, et cetera. So it's kind of all up in the air. I do trust that the six, like it has anyway, has had such an impact on um, the industry and the audiences and it's such a well-loved show here and so many people haven't seen it yet. So I do trust that it's, it's definitely going to get back on its feet, I think. Um, oh, totally. And yeah. I think, you know, once it once it opens on Broadway, because like the day that the COVID <laughs> shut down New York is when they were supposed to have their opening night yeah. here on Broadway. Um, I was so, like, I actually the day before I was like, I cannot believe I'm going to an opening night on Broadway. And then I guess when it didn't happen, I was like, not so shocked because I didn't think I was going anyway. So <laughs> it just felt too surreal. But um, yeah, that would have, I can't. I wish to see it on Broadway. I want to see that cast so badly. You'll get to see it. You're in New York, aren't you? Yes, I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. So you can see it when it gets all um, up I saw the I saw the final preview. I was there oh, the Wednesday God. night. We would have like been in the exact same place. That's crazy. You were there too? I wasn't at the show, but I would have been watching another show. Um, yeah, I just, that place, like going there, I want to be there all the time. It's just like, a playground for theater. <laughs> <laughs> so much here. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the final, the final preview, and then that Thursday when when it shut down, that was supposed to be their opening, and I was so, I was happy I got to see it, but was so devastated for these yeah. girls. Like most of the cast was about to make their debut, their Broadway debuts. Yeah, and, and then just. You know, I've talked to a lot of them too, and they're they're just patiently waiting for it to all come back. There's no word that it's canceled. But um, I was reading, I read too that in June you're supposed to start in as Anna in the Australian tour of Frozen. 
Sure am. Yeah. So that's, I was supposed to start rehearsals, I think, a few days ago, actually, um, which is crazy. I'm not ready yet, so I'm glad it's not on. But, um, yeah, it's been postponed till to open uh, supposedly in December, hopefully. So. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So we've actually got new dates, new theatre dates, um, and people can reschedule their tickets. So having that sense of hope and um, time frame has been really helpful for me at the moment. Um, and I know it's a very lucky position to be in. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to be a big challenge and I'm so excited for that. To, to have that, I mean, I... I was I brought that up because you were talking about, you know, having to prove yourself. So like with six, you you have proved yourself. And obviously the the team, I'm sure it was a lot of the same team from from uh the Aladdin tour. Yeah. That probably came back and, and saw your talent and saw how ta- and saw everything and was like, okay, let's give her a shot. Mm-hmm. And is there an is there a different sense of like sort of pressure or or a different focus that you have going into now Frozen being yeah, yeah versus Six because Six is an ensemble show Definitely. and yeah Frozen's a little bit different very so I personally I don't think I personally would be ready for Frozen if it weren't for Six I think Six taught me so much about myself personally and as a performer. Um, like as for maintaining my performance over the week, like just simple things like that, just, you know, the confidence that, that it's given me. So there, but yeah, there is a, there is a pressure and I'm um, trying to prepare myself as best I can, like with my mental health for that as well, because like, you know, being, I think I'm, you know, by the kids, like probably the youngest in the cast as well. Not that that makes a difference, but there is that pressure of still proving myself because it's a cast of amazing performers that I've grown up watching. So, um, yeah, I think that from the difference from Aladdin to now, working with the same company is that, yeah, I have a better sense of self. Um, I know how to kind of tackle my challenges better. I also, I think I have a, a better or more mature head on my shoulders as well when it comes to um, creating a character and yeah, getting just, I think the maintenance is the, is the biggest thing that's hard to prepare for. You know, it's getting through, it's not about the first day of rehearsals. It's about the weeks of rehearsals and the shows and being, um, a, a leader for a cast and being, um, consistent and just all those little things that, um, you know, it's a, it's a new show every day. There's a new group of people watching and yeah. I'm excited for the challenge. I love the challenge and I like feeling like um, I'm kind of learning and growing. So I'm not thinking that I'm already at the end result, which is good. But yeah, it's also like a hard balance of being 100% ready, but also being open for whatever they want as well. Because it's hard to um, create something that, you know, it's about the collaboration with the team and everything as well. Mm. Yeah. I I know that they, I mean, obviously you're not recreating not recreating the movie but is is the idea i've actually never never talked to anybody in this situation before so you're you're originating a role that has already been originated yeah in australia <laughs> right right so you're originating in australia but obviously patty murin originated it here in uh, on the in the broadway production yeah. and you know when i talked to patty about it patty she, she was telling me too that that they don't, you know, they didn't want her to be to be like a Kristen Bell. They wanted, you know, make it your own. It's it's a new production. So, I mean, I guess I don't know if they've talked to you yet. You haven't started rehearsals at this point. Then we're recording it. But like, do you know if they're going to want to try to recreate 
the the Patty character or just kind of make it a whole Courtney thing? I think a Courtney thing from my actually caught up with Patty when I was in New York. I reached out to her and totally fangirled because we got to have a little coffee together and she gave me a lot of tips on the process and just um, there's the challenges and, and the rewards that come from it. Um, but as for myself, like through the audition process, the first thing, and I think the reason that I was so successful is that they were just like telling us so much that like, do not be a character, be yourself because the essence of you is what we want in this character because that's the first thing for people to go, Ooh, you know, especially when you're recreating something. So mm-hmm. I'm very aware that I have to find my, like anything, find my own truth and everything. And naturally my instincts and myself as a person is kind of a reason I would have got the role anyway. So it's trusting yourself and what you are, <laughs> which is harder than putting on a character, I think. Um, was it was it like that for for Six too? Because Six has multiple, multiple incarnations now. Yeah, it's definitely um, very similar. And that's something that I loved about Six because, you know, you see the original cast and they're just like iconic, OG, incredible you know, I watch their videos online because I'm obsessed with them. Um, so it's stepping into those shoes, but throughout the process, it was like, do not do anything that's not authentic to you. You know, you've got your history facts, you've got your intentions of what we want to be perceived as for Howard, especially. Um, but you need to be you because that's the reason you got cast. And I'm finding that a lot lately. It's like, you think when you're studying that you need to be this type and you need to be this type, but it's actually finding the type that you are and working with the material you're given or like finding the truth in that. So six was that, you know, if I made a, a offer that wasn't me, they would say that's, you wouldn't do that. Don't do that. And I'd be like, true, I wouldn't do that. What would I do? Um, which is cool because then you don't feel like they have the pressure of being like someone else either. Yeah. Um, yeah it's awesome. Biggest thing I know. That's so, that's so interesting to me. That- yeah. You know, it needs it needs to fit. So obviously, they're they're casting people who will do do a service to the character as we know it, yeah. but they don't want you to be that character. They need you to be yourself. Yeah. So I wonder. I wonder, like at the end of at the end of the of the decade, if they put everyone who's ever been Catherine Howard together, if you all would just be like instant best friends or instant yeah. frenemies because you're so similar, right? Yes, but it's like that's the beauty of like a good perform and I'm, I'm learning that it's, it's finding the truth in all the different parts of you and making it right um, because then I think about that method it's like well I can't play these roles because it's not me it's like no I got to find the truth in that part of me or like playing that to make that character work so um, but yeah I think even online like with some of the Howards I'm like hi like we talk and it's really cute and um, I just admire them and the way they've set up the show is that anyone that's part of it, you just automatically admire and um, so special. It's just such a cool thing. Um, yeah. I, I think in, in general, every, everybody, like, so I used to perform, I'll back up a second. I used to perform and that's what got me into the, in the whole scene. And then I'm, yeah. my path forked and I got a computer science degree, but I never left performing behind and that whole story, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I've worked with people who, who I didn't enjoy working with and yeah. I worked with people who I do. And by the time I went through my, my computer career, the people that I had started out in like post-college and community theater and regional theater and whatnot, um, non-ex stuff, uh, in non-equity things into, uh, they, they made it onto Broadway by the time I like got established in my career. Yeah. And 
it was always the people who were nice to work with. You know, there's always exceptions, but in, in yeah. general, I would generalize the people who are nice to work with and who are just genuine and honest mm-hmm. that will that continue to work because you want to want to be worked with. Yes, and that's the biggest like relief to know um, about, you know, it's, it's definitely the same in Australia and it's a lot of the same companies that are casting these shows. So why would you want to work with someone that's difficult and and I think, you know, you're right about the honest and genuine is because the honest and genuine people are open to learn and open to take direction and like, you know, just be good to be around. So it's nice to, there's power in being a good person in life and in theatre and I love, and yeah, of course there's always exceptions, but um, you always hope that those people realise that you don't have to be like that to be successful or to, yeah, enjoy your job. Yeah. Well, especially if you're going to do eight shows a week. And I guess in Australia, it's nine shows a week, right? Uh, eight, normally. We did nine for six just because of the time. It was a bit of a shorter show, so we could kind of squeeze one in. <sighs> but, you know, that was that was a big challenge. But looking back, I'm, like, so grateful we did that extra one a week because that's an extra one a week I got to do. <laughs> and, you know, I've got time to rest. So <laughs> That's <go>. true. <laughs> so I guess part of why I'm bringing this up is, at the end of at the end of the episode, um, I'll ask you three standard questions that I ask everybody, and um, I'm going to spoil it for you now because I think it's relevant to the conversation. But one of them is, "What advice would you give to your younger self?" And that's only half the question, so don't think you don't start thinking about it yet. Um, <laughs> and and part of it is, or what I hear a lot from people is is just be yourself. Don't try to be what you think they want you to be because if you are trying to be someone inside that you're not, let alone being a character, but if you're trying to put on a face in real life that you are not, you're just going to get tired out and you can't keep it up. And it's exhausting. It's, it's not genuine. And people, re, other genuine people can tell when that is not being, when genu, genuine, genuality, genuine. genuineness is I, not being reflected back at them. Yeah, yeah. I agree, 100%. So I'm, I'm completely, completely on board with that. Yeah. So yes, my advice to you yeah. is just as as someone who's got oh so many Broadway credits, obviously, <laughs> um, myself is is to just be your damn self, and obviously it's going to work because mm-hmm. now you are proven to like you can sing. Singing is one thing, acting is one thing, dancing is one thing, but it's having stamina and mental health. Yeah. Um, well enough to to maintain eight shows a week. Like this is the I've said this so many times on this podcast. This is the Olympics of theater. Yeah, I love that. So, it's a hard work and it's so rewarding, but it's it doesn't come easy, and it's not all the tip of the iceberg stuff. A lot that goes into it for sure. Oh yeah, well you're you're young, and Frozen's going to be like that's that'll put you on the map in so many ways. I mean, six already did. And you're going to be, is going to be fine. So come to New York. Yes. Um, that's, that's me. I'm like, I want to be back there so badly. I just, I would just walk around the streets for a job, honestly, like see the theaters and the people. And I love that. Like the, what I loved about New York is seeing the, the genuine performers and like seeing that they're genuine people too, like meeting up with Patty and seeing her and how lovely she is. I was like, this is just everything I want to be. Um, and yeah, it's so good. It's yeah, it's life stuff. It's not just performing stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, Patty, Patty too was 
was kind of a, a, a pivotal episode for me. I interviewed her, gosh, probably a, just over a year ago now. And she was really the first one who opened up to me about like her own battles with anxiety. And she, she would like, she have full blown panic attacks on stage and have like, she would call out before a show or in the middle of a show, even sometimes. Yeah. And it's a, the, a, definitely a fear. Um, Cause I, I was saying I struggle with that. And, and it's that like, you know, lack of control there. But I love, I yeah, I love that she's so open about that. It makes me feel, and makes probably a lot of people feel so much more comforted in that, like, it's okay. And it and it's, yeah. Awesome. Well, you, you need to talk about it. I mean, because when, look, at, look at the root of performing. You're standing on stage in front of a group of complete strangers, for the most part, mm-hmm. seeking validation for what reason? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, but so that's, that's the deeper message that I'm always looking for. And I, I look at it in myself too. I'm like, why do I need that validation? Why do I not feel good enough? Why, you know, where did, where did this need to, to have strangers put me in a place where I feel good about myself? Where did that come from? Yeah. Cause some people are just, they can just go off and never talk to people and they're totally happy and good for them. And I don't get that. I <laughs> do not get that. I'm the same. It's like this, this, um, I think it's a superpower in a way and also a bad thing for personally, but it's like that ability to care. I feel like a lot of performers I meet just care so much and they care about people. They're passionate and passionate can turn into, you know, you know, it's that seeking of validation and that fulfillment that you get from that like a reward system in a way. And it's like working hard and getting a reward. Um, and not having that at the end, it's like, what? <laughs> it's scary. So Yeah. Well, I I wonder, okay, going back to the neuroscience, chemically, if like our brains are just hardwired for whatever reason, genetics, our parents, whatever that comes from, to just, we produce a little bit less of one chemical or a little bit more of another. So when when we are like, we need extra hugs or we need extra validation or we like the the vibration and the movement and the passion you bring from singing, when all that moves through your body, it, re- it helps kick that, those extra chemicals up a notch. So like that translates into emotion, which they, wow. I mean, like, again, someone, someone could be like, well, oh, that's just spirituality. That's just being, yeah. that could, that could be religion. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't know. I, I, I love, I love to dissect into like to zoom in and zoom in and zoom in until I understand the most basic structure of, of what's going on while at the same time, you know, being in the moment, you got to back up and just accept everything for what it is at that time so it's this weird dichotomy that I'm always bouncing between and where my mind is quiet is on stage yes I love that that is that puts words to the feeling doesn't it it's like and then that's the scary time is when that brain or your mind does come into play and that's when something else chemically or anxiety something takes over and it's so strange that like it takes that and in such an extreme circumstance of, you know, like you said, thousands of people watching you, judging you, whatever, that that's the moment where you're in your element and you're like grounded and um, nervous and like excited. It's just like, it is, it's like chemical. I don't know. It's, I find it so interesting. I'm the same. And I feel like some people are born with that, like want to do that. Um, and maybe it is a want for those chemicals to be at it's a heightened feeling. Maybe it's like, yeah. It's safe. It's safe. That's because 
And I think too, especially for for women, perhaps, and mm-hmm. please correct me if I if I'm putting words in your mouth or wrong here, yeah. that it's women. You know, we're trained by society in all cultures to to be attractive, to yeah. want to. You know, like I guess it's kind of hard. It's hardwired in our DNA because we've evolved from creatures who just want to reproduce to survive. So we want to be wanted. We want to be attractive, yeah. and there is a a safety in being able to stand on stage with a metaphorical wall, the fourth wall, right, between you and these thousands of people. And all of these people are looking at you, and especially in a show like Six, where like you specifically are the the, the sex object of yep. the six of them. Mm-hmm. No, but no one like so you're up there and because of the costumes and the lighting and the makeup and the song and the blah blah blah, like you have no doubt that you are attractive in that moment, right? Yeah. And that is empowering, uh-huh. and all the and and all those thousands of people watching you were like, "She's attractive," and you believe that, and that feels damn good. Yeah, and but they, but they don't, but they can't touch you, and they can't talk to you. Yeah, and they can't make you feel creepy, and yeah. it's not uncomfortable. Make you feel safe. So you so you feel safe. So you're getting yeah. everything. You're getting everything. You're you're getting your validation. You're feeling attractive. Yeah. And you're completely safe. Yeah, having a voice and like not being spoken back to all <laughs> the different, you know, it's it's and the safety of knowing what you're saying and knowing what's coming and and even like yeah, I love that. Like with the script for Howard, especially in like you know the kind of burns that she makes in her dialogue, like nor like it was just so personally for fulfilling as like a, a power thing for myself and for my confidence. It's crazy that a script like can make you feel what you kind of want to feel in life. And, you know, I I admire people that do stand their ground and have that confidence and don't need that validation because when they believe it, you believe it. Like it's like anything. It's like believing good acting if it's genuine um, and not overthinking it. If it's a little bit bad, you'll overthink it and be like, are they good? I don't know. Um, Art versus life, yeah. Mm -hmm. Safety thing though, it's like good to remember when you're feeling scared or out of control it's like this is the most in control thing that there is and it is safe what are the you know it's not like life the uncertainty you know what you're going to do for the next two hours and um who you're going to be around and what you'll say and what you'll feel and yeah I remind myself that when I'm side stage terrified (laughs) 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 I'm going on for Anna gosh behind that door I'll be like oh <laughs> just remember, remember me, and remember yeah. you are safe. I'm not even lying. It's cool. I'll tell you about it. Monster. All right, please, please do. Okay, so let's wrap up here with the three closing questions that okay. I ask everybody. So the first one, very simply, is what motivates you? What motivates me? Um, it's like a simple question, but I'm finding it hard to answer. Um, A lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. I, it motivates me to help people. Um, yeah, performing helps if that's personal, if that's helping others. Like it's, uh, it motivates me to have control to make a change. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so here's the full second question. So what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Mm-hmm. I like we kind of touched on earlier that like don't ever underestimate the simplicity of just being yourself um 
and how important that is personally and for a career um, and just for your insanity. Another thing that we kind of touched on as well, my younger self before this kind of journey, I would have told myself to really brush up on the things I'm feeling mentally and speaking about them and doing things to get better, like learning to be mindful and maybe speaking to someone, speaking to a therapist or something because um, you don't know until it's kind of overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelmingly too late with things. So right. that, 100% I would tell my younger self that. Um, okay. So the final question is if you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? In the theme of what we're talking about because I would have to say six. It's just like fulfilling, variety, good amount of time. Yeah, love it. <laughs> on Broadway and watch everything. If that's an option. Okay. <laughs> All right. So where can we find you on social media? Yeah, so just my full name on Instagram, Courtney Wonsma, at Courtney Wonsma. Um, and that's basically about it at the moment. I've got a Twitter account, but I've never used it. So I will get better at that. All under the same name. So yeah. Twitter, yeah, Twitter, whatever. I, yeah. I'm on Twitter. Okay. Uh, you can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. Support the podcast via the theaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. I am on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review wherever you can. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot. And Courtney, thank you most of all. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate everything we've talked about. This is This is incredible. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to meet you and you've really, it's nice talking to like similar minded people and like giving me new things to think about when it comes to performing in life. And I love that we have similar values. It makes me feel very happy. <laughs>